We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, Proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast as we tape this on a Wednesday afternoon. Toby, what is it, Thursday, Friday? So what is that technically, nine days away from the start of the season? Is that right? I think it's 10. Ah. I think it's I think it's 10. See, it doesn't matter, on. Chris. We're no, no. close. We're close. <laughs> See, I count this day already over. I could be wrong. Could be 10. I don't know how you hey. – we're a week from Saturday, we're in New Orleans. There Chris. you go. I like that. A week from Friday, we'll be on a plane. How was your conversation with Tulane head football coach, Willie Fitz? It was uh, – it's fun. You know, we had the chance to chat with him a few years ago when Tulane came to Norman, and uh, he's a good guy, and – Gave us a restaurant, actually two restaurant recommendations for New Orleans. Um, I told him that, you know, we're not going to play this interview until game day. 
And he goes, oh, okay. I'll act all nervous and fidgety like it's game day. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he was, they just got out of practice at the Superdome this morning. And uh, so I, I, he, I think he likes his team. He says they're deeper than they have been in a long time. And he's not going to have to play as many true freshmen as he has in the past. And so he's excited about his squad and, he is very much aware of the challenge that they have uh, with this Oklahoma team. And, uh, and so he's under no illusions. That this is going to be easy, but he is, uh, he likes his team. Sounds like he likes his team this year. And uh, so he's a fun, he's a fun interview. Yeah. He seems like a great coach. Did we learn much about Tulane or we, I'm still in research mode. I won't lie. I haven't, I haven't dug all in yet. I was uh, looking over, our new spotter, Andrew Shepard, has sent me a couple of practice reports from them, so I've started diving into them. But did you learn anything about the green we- uh, what the Green Wave were bringing on Friday, uh, Saturday? No, I think they're a little – no, I haven't done a huge dive, and he was not going to give me any uh, information that I could <laughs> leak to Lincoln Riley. Uh, I think they're a little different, you know, offensively to prepare for. They're going to be a unique preparation in that regard. But he's done a nice job down there. I mean, that's that's a good team the last few years. And um, they've got a fun environment in this new stadium that they've built. It'll be full. There'll be 35,000 people in there, a bunch of them in red. But uh, it'll be full and hot at uh, noon down in New Orleans. And But, no, I think it, I think he's uh, he's recruited well and he's got a unique offensive scheme that they run. You know, we've uh, started diving into our position previews. In fact, starting diving into them. We're like all in right now. And it's exciting because today I went over and talked to Roy Manning and ended up talking to Dennis Simmons. And it's wild, Toby, just to think about the depth that this team has right now. I mean, it, we're looking at an inside backer position. I know we've brought this up quite a bit on the show that's got nine guys in the room. And we got Lincoln Riley coming up later in the podcast, but. I just I start looking around the defense and these young guys that we get excited about, man, they're gonna have to wait their turn. This is a re- yeah. this is a really deep defense, and that gets me excited. Not just obviously for twenty twenty one, but T. Raw. I think about these young guys that will learn and mature and get a little playing time this year. But we're not having to rely on them to make every single play. Well, I mean that's the ideal scenario, right? I mean that's what you want. You want to be able to be in a situation where young guys straight out of high school can come in and not be thrown into the fire right away and learn from a veteran, have somebody show them the way. And then they step in and they become the star and then they pass it on to the next guy. So uh, it's taken a while, but Alex Grinch has achieved that. at I think every position of the defense, uh, you could say the same about almost every position on the field, really, maybe with the exception of, of running back for this team going into the season. But it has especially been a focus for Alex Grinch. Now, the most impressive thing is how quickly he's been able to accomplish that. You know, I mean, how quickly he's been able to achieve not just depth, but quality depth. I mean, the number of guys they're going to rotate on the defensive line is is crazy, I think. Um, they're going to play multiple corners, multiple safeties. Uh, at least two teams, at least four, maybe five linebackers that'll rotate through and maybe double digit defensive linemen, you know? So they, um, they are very, very deep and that's great that that you can absorb and 
an injury. If something like that happens, you can absorb some poor play. You've got other options. So it's one of the reasons I think Oklahoma is so highly thought of going into this year. One of the biggest reasons. Bigger excitement right now. The Cincinnati Reds making a run at the wild card or the start of the college football season a week from Saturday. <laughs> definitely, definitely the start of the college football season. But I will, uh, I will tell you, I'm also very much enjoying uh, the Reds being in a playoff hunt in August. This has not happened a lot in my lifetime in the last, certainly in the last couple of decades. So that's been a fun distraction at night to get to uh, root on my red legs. I get this question a lot about Spencer Rattler. And I, we got the Lincoln Riley presser coming up as soon as we're done here in about five minutes from now. And you'll hear Coach in his entire meeting with the media from late yesterday. But Everyone, hey, Spencer Rattler, what do you think? What's different? What's what's kind of stood out to him? I feel like I bring it up to you quite a bit, Toby, but the, I keep going back to the fact that he's been – he's had a full off season, right? He has had a full off season this year. That's never been something that he's had before. Came in – you know, did come in early his first year and then was battling with Jalen and last year COVID. I mean, is is that as big of a deal to you as it is to me that he's had a full off season with Lincoln yeah. and Benny Riley in the strength system? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I uh, Invaluable, and I'm sure he would tell you the same. Um, he got robbed, you know. Everybody did last year, but especially at the quarterback position where there is so much information to consume. Uh, he, he got robbed last year by not having a normal lead-up to a season and still played remarkably well. So I think this is going to be big for him. Um, there are areas where he can be better this year, and that's – you know, he is the number one player in the country, according to a lot of people going into the season, certainly one of them. But he, he's he got to be smarter in crucial situations late in games. There were a few times last year, especially first half of the season, where he really hurt him by trying to force something at a crucial moment. He's got to do a little better job, I think, this year of, trusting the check down, trusting the easy throw that he's got very talented skill position guys who can take a swing pass or a simple crossing pattern and take it to the house. It doesn't have to be the spectacular play all the time. And there will be plenty of opportunities for the spectacular play, but be okay with the boring, you know, be, be okay with the easy play from his position. And uh, and just let the offense around him churn and work and, and keep being the great, I think, vocal leader and mental leader that he was for this team last year. But, yeah, no, back to your point, the full prep time, spring, summer, everything for that position with Lincoln Riley as your coach is invaluable. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm just – you know, I will say uh, Lincoln's going to talk about the third-string quarterback, and I did – Yeah, I had to, I had to Google – I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, I had no idea. No clue whatsoever. I thought he made a mistake. I thought, oh, that's embarrassing for Lincoln. He's uh, he's just said the name of somebody not on his team. <laughs> but uh, apparently apparently there is a Ralph Rucker on our yeah. football team. and He'll be on the spotter boards. Kudos to him. I mean, I you know, uh, Micah, Micah Bowen. Bowens, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, Bowen. Transferred in from Penn State last year. And looked, I thought, really good in the spring game. And I just kind of assumed he would be the guy, but uh, this freshman, uh, Lucas Texas, is that right? You are correct. Uh, Has obviously been very impressive, and 
Ralph Rucker will officially make the spotter board. You're right. Can I, one quick note. You know, I, I was out today, and I, I was just there at the end of practice to do interviews with uh, two coaches. And I just I, – I don't even know how to put this into words where it doesn't sound off, but they just look different, Toby. Like seeing Perry on Winfrey, watching, I, uh, watching Isaiah Thomas and some of the other guys, seeing Justin Harrington out there. It's just – I mean, I'm not seeing drills. I'm not seeing them go one-on-one, but just aesthetically, T-Row, they look different. I mean, is that – again, I kind of go back to that conversation about Spencer. Physically, this looks like a different football team. Well, I'm going to take your word on that because <laughs> I haven't seen them yet. I hope to uh, hopefully get out there next week um, and kind of do what we do before the season and look at names and numbers and body shapes and things like that, but – um, I have heard that from other people, you know, like coaching staff people and stuff. I think it is evidence of the type of athlete that they've tried to recruit, especially on the defensive side of the ball the last three years. That's the reason they're better defensively. You know, yep. they're bigger, they're rangier, link, more links uh, at the cornerback position and pass rusher. Um, obviously they're getting work done with Benny Wiley in the weight room, but they've been getting work done around here. There's not a, a whole lot of guys who haven't been pretty chiseled around here for a while. So, uh, but yeah, I think it is, it's, they've recruited better, which is a different level of athlete and there's more of them. They're deeper and probably uh, you're accurate in your assessment. Uh, and I think when <laughs> you can tell you're, when you're down on the sidelines, I remember, when a football team would walk out for pregame warmups, sometimes you could just look at them and go, oh, uh, they're overmatched. You know, they haven't done anything but walk out of the tunnel. And sometimes the opposite happens. You know, you they walk out and you're down there and you go, woof, uh, we've got our work cut out for us tonight. They just got off the bus and I can tell already. So Oklahoma is going to have a pretty good getting off the bus team. That's for sure. There, there's some impressive-looking athletes out there for them. Yeah, it's exciting. And, T-Row, I'll let you go on this. Now, game game week coming up. We've got Tulane, but there is a lot of excitement about September 18th. How cool was it for you to have an opportunity to talk to Coach Switzer and Coach Osborne? Oh, dude, uh, thrill of a lifetime. I was nervous, Chris. I was straight-up nervous to uh, to talk to – two of the all-time greatest football coaches, period. And we sat down and watched the 1971 game of the century together. Oh, wow. They were not not the head coaches for that. They were both the offensive coordinators. And um, Tom Osborne, who is now 84 years old, Barry Switzer, who's 83 years old, and they remember everything. Wow. (laughs) They remember every play they called. They remember every player. They remember what they were thinking when they called. Barry still mad at himself over not throwing the ball more in that game. I said, Coach, I don't think I've ever heard you say that in my life. You were upset that you didn't <laughs> throw the ball more. But it was one of the greatest thrills of my career, and I really hope uh, fans – I think it'll air the week of the OU Nebraska game that they'll check it out to see those two men. Uh, they, they were together – Virtually, Barry was with me in studio here and Coach Osborne with, with, with us virtually. 
But the week of the game, the plan is for Coach Osborne to make the trip down here with Nebraska and several other Nebraska greats and actually be here in person for the big banquet that Friday night and, of course, the game on Saturday. So, um, I mean, Chris, that's six national championships, a Super Bowl, three congressional terms, two Hall of Famers. I mean, those two guys, two of the top three or four all-time college football coaches, period. So what a, what a neat experience that was. Great stuff. Toby, have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, Chris. All right, as promised, it's the Lincoln-Riley Press Conference. As Coach talks about the running back room, Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really good. It's having that not only two good players but the experience. You know, both those guys have played a lot of ball, big in, been in big atmospheres, big games, and so you can – you can certainly tell. And then obviously with some of the attrition that we've had in that room, it's made it not that we could have predicted it, but it's made it even, you know, even more important and probably made those guys even more valuable. So uh, I think they're feeding off each other, you know, for them. Uh, they've obviously both played a lot of ball, but at the same time, there's a good, healthy competition going on back there. Um, and, and both of those guys, there's still some newness to this situation, obviously Eric being here and, uh, for the first time, and then Kennedy having having uh, sat out last year, so uh, they, they've done well. You know, with our numbers, we've tried to do a good job of trying to find that balance between getting them enough reps to be ready, and also you know being smart with the with not having you know just a million running backs on our roster right now. And uh, but I think they've handled it well. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian, or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. Ryan Avery, I want to ask you about Michael Turk. One, what's been your impression of him so far? And two, did his issues with Arizona State's vaccination policies give you any pause as you were looking to bring him in? Yeah, no, it was just something that, that came on our radar screen when he decided to transfer. And, you know, when you look at it, you, you look at the numbers and pull up the tape immediately, it's hard not to be impressed. And, you know, we've been, you know, Reeves Munchell's done a tremendous job for, for us, uh, no question, but it was a way to create some competition and just somebody we thought that had a chance to immediately come in and, and, and upgrade our roster, make us better. And uh, he's done a great job getting acclimated with the team. He's a neat kid. Uh, we're all getting to kind of know him on the fly here, but he's a extremely talented player. Um, you know, he's got a, a big time leg, and again, some great experience. So it's nice having a couple of guys in that room with him and Reeves that we can go to. Uh, as far as the his you know vaccination status stance, uh, that didn't that really didn't have a big effect. Although I will say, I think the the combination of you know, does it make as much sense to take a guy like that if you don't have a, you know, a, another really good option on the roster? I, I don't know. I, I didn't really think of it that way. I knew, you know, coming in, if there is an issue, we've got a guy, you know, that's, uh, we've got two guys that can do it, obviously, at a high level. So maybe the concern is, is down a little bit. But, you know, our roster is not 100% vaccinated. We've got a couple of guys that aren't, and that's, again, their choice. And we're trying to, you know, find a good place to, to try to keep them safe and but also, you know, not not I mean, we don't want to persecute guys that don't have it. You know, we just we want to 
you know, we want to educate them. Uh, obviously, you know, our hope is we can get as many guys vaccinated as possible, and our guys have done a good job. But we understand if it doesn't get to 100 percent, you know, there's just things that we've got to do to make it work as a staff, and, and Michael's no different. Lincoln, a couple weeks ago, you were unclear on your number three quarterback. I'm wondering if there's been any more clarity on that. And then also, when we've been out there, I've noticed Tanner Schaefer's not throwing, but he's still on the roster. Can you clarify his status? Yeah, uh, Tanner Schaefer's still on the roster. We're not, we haven't used him a whole lot in practice. Um, he's he's kind of serving as a little bit of a you know mentor to our guys, still as a player. Um, but you know, he's able as a player to to do some. You know things with our younger quarterbacks uh, to kind of help bring them along, and, and he's got a desire to, to potentially coach down the line. So, you know, thought that could be a good situation for everybody. Um, uh, and other part of the question? Oh yeah, oh third quarterback. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ralph Rucker uh, right now going to season will be the third quarterback. He's separated himself from uh, the rest of the group right there, and pretty clearly established himself as our third guy. So he's done a nice job. He's he's. You know, he didn't have spring ball, but he's done a good job coming in and learning our stuff and, and you know, just played a little bit more consistently than those other guys he was competing with. So that'll, as always, the competition will evolve and continue, but that'll be the starting point for the season. Like yes, yeah, gotcha. We far enough in the camp, top special team returner, just still like what Marvin's doing at front. Do you have any idea on kickoff yet? Yeah, I would say Marvin. I mean, he's pretty clearly the the first guy there. You know, Drake's had some game experience there as well. Uh, you know, we're looking at a few other options behind them, but those are certainly one and two. Uh, kickoff return, I think, is one for us that I'm not sure if we won't maybe try a few guys even as we get in the season. It's kind of a it's a little bit of a tough one to simulate. You know, most of the time you don't have a lot of live tackling on, on kickoffs and kickoff returns in, in a fall camp, and we're not much different there if it's competitive, but we, we don't go to the ground on that. And so some of it I think will be getting the guys out there in that game scenario and seeing what they can do. But we're, you know, we're looking at you know, DJ Graham, Billy Bowman, uh, Eric Gray, Mario Williams, Jaleel Farouk. Um, those are a couple of the guys right now off the top of my head that, that – you know that we're going to take a strong look at uh, in the return game, and all three have you know showed some flash and ability with the ball in their hands. So I think some of it for us will be you know getting a game, see how they react, who's coming out of the tackles, who really hits it um, in that game scenario, and can really see and understand our return schemes. Uh, Coach, from this time last year to now, where would you say have been the biggest areas of improvement for Spencer? Oh, you know, he's, he, I mean, he, he understands our system a lot better. Uh, I think he's able to self-correct a lot quicker. Typically, even if there's a mistake, he he has a pretty good idea right away of, of what it was. Um, he's certainly been more consistent and more trusting of his, his decisions, his reads. Uh, you know, and I think with that allows you to feel out and play some of the game situations a little bit better. You know, a lot of times that first year you're, so locked in on the scheme stuff that you combine that with all of a sudden throw it in the middle of a two-minute drill or this scenario or that scenario and can you can you process all that you know now he's he's got a good feel of our schemes he's still got to be committed and focused and he still has moments where he drifts away and that's the, the majority of the time and he's had a fantastic camp but that's a, some of the majority of times when he's not at his best um, but with all that being said 
as your control and confidence in a system grows, you can feel those situations more. And I think he's been a much better situational quarterback. And with him being, I guess, that much improved, that has a lot to do with your number two preseason, preseason ranking, highest preseason ranking for OU in the last 10 years. Offense loaded, defense established. Does the energy outside the walls feel any different than it has in past years? And if so, how does that affect your messaging to your team and dealing with things? It, you know, it really hasn't. I mean, it's, you know, whatever they say in preseason, I mean, we all know it's a, it's a, it's a bunch of garbage. It doesn't matter. It's just something that we can all read and talk about until we actually play. I mean, it's, you know, go look at preseason rankings through the years and look at the postseason. And I mean, it's, it's just a guess. And so, um, you know, I think, I can't ever remember a year coming in where people thought we were just going to be horrible. I mean, it's the expect, and and more importantly for us, I think our expectations haven't changed. I mean, they're 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 the same every single year, and so um, and part of our expectation is to be able to block out any outside noise and 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 remain focused on us being at our best because I don't I don't care what team, what year, win, loss, whatever. When we've when we've played at a high level and we've controlled the things we can control, we've we've won just about all of them. I can't I can't think of one that maybe just feel like we had just no shot. And so, you know, for us, that the focus has got to remain there. And I do think there's a excitement and confidence about this team that if we can get the best out of them, that we could have a chance to play ball at a high level. Mason Young, we did obviously a tough situation with the passing of John Peacock at Western Carolina. Just your thoughts on that and is there any intention of finding a way to honor him perhaps during that matchup? Yeah, no, it's heartbreaking, you know, just obviously anybody, uh, but especially, you know, somebody that young and I think as I understand it was either recently married or about to be married. Um, so no, it's, you know, one of our brothers in the profession and it, it, it stings you, man, it does. And you think about him and uh, his fiance or wife, again, I can't remember exactly which one, but obviously family, you think about the players and coaches there and it's, uh, I don't know. As a, as a head coach, you honestly probably think about it more than maybe even as an assistant, just because it, you know, you you feel, you know, even if you're maybe not for health or whatever, but you you feel responsible for every single person here. And so I just uh, now it hits you different. And uh, now they've been in thoughts and prayers. Uh, Joe and I have, have visited about that possibility, and you know we'll continue to do so. But it's that's uh, a heartbreaking thing, man. What's your thoughts on the uh, the way the offensive lines come together? You've had some guys moving around, Tyrese at guard and tackle, Chris at uh, center and guard, just kind of the way that group has come together. We're getting better. You know, we're, we're definitely getting better. Um, I think we're starting to find a, a few different combinations that we like. Um, I think we'll certainly, with some of the depth, um, I think we'll certainly have guys that will play, you know, we'll, we'll play more than five guys. Um, but I think the combinations are, are are starting to settle in, and, and yeah, they feel good. I mean, I think we're—I I would say we're probably a little more talented, top to bottom, maybe than we've been—a combination of t talent and experience than we've been in the last couple of years. Uh, so I think there's an opportunity to to really take a good step there. Um, you know, we're. Still looking at consistency of the group, um, from the group. But I mean, one of the great things for us right now is our offensive line gets challenged every day by our defensive line, which you know I think has a chance to be you know elite. And uh, so it's a 
it doesn't matter if ones, twos, threes, whatever in there. It's a it's a constant grind and battle in there, and it's a you know not only schematically because we do so many great things schematically defensively, but also just kind of the man-to-man combat because uh, every guy can play on both sides. So it's a, it's been a war, but it's really pushed our guys. Uh, and I've seen a lot of positives. I really have. We're you know we're still you know. That group, that group has a chance to be really, really good. And right now, we flash really good. And if we can, if we can build the consistency, um, there are some things that, that get you pretty excited when you watch this practice. Does that competition up front between offensive line and defensive line feel different than it has in the, the past couple of years? I, I think it probably does a little bit to me. Um, I mean, it's always been competitive, but I would say, you know, probably every year. Up until maybe last year, I would say we, we probably had a sizable talent differential. The O-line was just flat out more talented, more you know, deeper, all that, than the defensive line. Last year, that wasn't the case. Last year, uh, I would say our defensive line was deeper and more talented um, and, and, and was better. Uh, now, it was a battle. It wasn't like they were heads and shoulders better, but it was a good battle. This is probably, you know, as even as I can remember it, where you know you feel like when you're playing pretty good, both sides, whether you're looking at it from a defensive or offensive perspective, when you're playing pretty good, both sides can play. And when they're both playing at a high level, it's there's some really good football out there. Um, and the great thing right now is it's a, it's so teachable because if either one of them aren't don't show up on a day or don't play at a high level, like you can tell, like you get exposed quickly, which is a good thing. And so. Yeah, the competition's been awesome. It's been an absolute battle in there. Aaron Hamick, you were talking like a little bit ago about managing expectations. I'm wondering if, if, if it helps for a head coach at a place like this to have an innate ability to do that, or is this something that you picked up on even in your six years here, being in, such a, being in this kind of a fishbowl? Has is that, is that gotten easier for you, and if so, what how, how, how have you been able to manage that better? Yeah, no, I, I would say I've learned a lot on that. You know, I, having been in other good programs, but not a program like this in my career, it was, I mean, coming in on the outside, you knew the expectations were, were going to be different. But, you know, seeing it from the outside and actually living it are, are two different things. So I think I learned a lot, you know, in the first couple of years, of course, with Coach Stoops here and kind of, how he handled it, um, how it just became the norm. You know, like, yeah, of, of course we have high expectations. This is Oklahoma. Like, what do you expect? You know, and, and it, I think that in a way has helped. And through conversations with him, Coach Switzer, you know, Donnie Dunkett, I mean, all the different people that have been close in my life that have, that know this place like that, that's, I think, kind of been the one common theme is you, you expect it, you don't shy away from it. It's, it's part of it. That's the way you want it. And uh, you embrace it as opportunity. And so, you know, when, the, when, when people talk about the, you know, pressure or all that, it just doesn't, it doesn't ever feel that way to me. It just feels like, like we got a chance to go do something really, really good that just creates an excitement about what can be. And then immediately, like, my mind goes straight to, like, what are all the things that we got to be doing to, to become that or to reach our potential as a team? So that's... I just feel that so much more than the rest. And if the, the pressure to me is to make sure I'm doing right by every person within these walls and helping set direction and, and doing my part to set us up to, to be that, and that's the pressure that I feel. Lincoln, um, with the uh, talk about potential expansion in the playoff and more games, 
just curious, I mean, obviously we don't know when that might happen or what that might look like, but from your perspective, is there a point where it's too many games? Do you, do you have a sense of, you know, I could see my guys going X amount of games, but if it goes X plus, it may be too much? It's a great question. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's evolved quite a bit. I mean, you look on the, the high school, that you look on the levels opposite of us, the high school and professional, and both of them, you know, end up, can end up playing, especially when you figure in preseason games, the NFL and scrimmages in high school, you know, it can add up pretty quickly. So, I mean, there's one train of thought that, well, if they can do it in high school and the pros, can it not be done in college? Um, I, I think it's possible in college. I do. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I would sit there and look at it right now and say, like, I know that everybody's talking about the 17 number and say, like, that's just absolutely way too many. I think it's, you know, how do you structure it? Um, you know, how do you preserve an academic schedule for these guys? Um, how do you keep it from bleeding too far into January? Because that just gets messy for everybody. Um, how do you preserve the bowl system? Because we, we have to do that. Um, so to me, it's... I can't sit here and say 17 is too many, but I, I would have to see the whole the whole picture of what that looks like. How many bye weeks are built in? Rest weeks. I mean, I think it's a it's a part of a larger conversation. But you know, I do think we're going to have to. It'll it'll be something that we have to look at. And I think under the current climate, if it was you know kind of straight through like it's looking like, it could end up being with not a lot of bye weeks. You may have to end up shaving one off the front end. I mean, I think that's a possibility, but. Again, I think it's part of a larger question, and you got to see see the whole to really be able to give a great opinion on it. Lincoln, you had your last scrimmage, and I realize you had team drills and things like that. What did you get out of that scrimmage? You know, did it tell you really anything? And how much do you still have large team practices from this point on? Um, yeah, the scrimmage was good. We got uh, we got close to ninety plays, you know, which was pretty heavy for us. Um, you know, we played, uh, we got a good look at really kind of th three different sets of groups on each side of the ball, so we were able to rep a lot of people. We, we, um, we, did, we did a little bit of thud, non-tackle to the ground with, with a few of our more experienced groups that have had a lot of that. We really tried to preserve the live reps for our, you know, kind of second and third team slash, you know, new guys uh, just to get a feel for, you know, who's going to actually make that tackle, who's actually going to make that guy miss. Um, so it was a little bit of a mixture there. Um, offense started out pretty fast in the scrimmage. Uh, had some, had some, again, in some ways similar to the first scrimmage, had some big plays. Um, and then defensively, uh, we really closed well. Uh, we, we really stopped the run well in the back half of the scrimmage. Um, made a lot of big plays off the defensive front, especially in the second half of the scrimmage, was, was dominant. Um, and so a lot of good back and forth. And then we got a ton of special teams work, you know, just getting back in there, getting used to that, um, uh, you know, working guys off the sidelines, different subgroups. Um, and so it was good. I, I think uh, it was great for those young guys. You just can't get in that stadium and play live football enough. And it, it, it continues to give us an idea of you know, who we feel like is ready uh, and who we feel like needs a, a little bit more seasoning. And um, so... Yeah, and, and here on out, you know, we'll certainly continue to get some good on good throughout the year. That's that's kind of part of our part of our belief system here and improving throughout the season. And you know, there's part of it is scout team work and starting to prep for opponents, but also, you know, you can't replicate seeing 
you know, high-level players on the other side of the ball. And so we've always, you know, gotten a lot of good on good, and uh, we'll continue to do so. sort of talked about becoming more of a leader this year. Is, is that unique to see from someone that's just a sophomore? And then, you know, what's it like seeing that process um, as him being known as more of a quieter guy? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's unique in that if you, you come in and make plays and carry yourself the right way and do things the right way, I don't think, you know, it, it gives you an opportunity. You know, for Marvin, it'll be a, it'll be a process throughout his career. He's a, he's a quiet guy by nature on the field, and he is – You'd certainly put him in the classification right now of lead by example. Um, but I, I have seen more moments where he's trying to speak up and, and trying to push out of his own comfort zone. And I mean, you need a guy like that to be a leader. I mean, again, he just he he embodies so much about you know what we value in this program, and uh, he's a great example for you know a lot of guys on our football team. And he does have a voice, so you know we'll continue to push him to use that more and more as time goes on. And, you know, my hope would be as, you know, as he does get to the back half of his career here, that he, he becomes more vocal and even more of a presence there. Lincoln, Hazelwood looked like a difference maker when he first stepped on the field to, to a lot of people, uh, then the injury. What have you seen from him and what are you expecting from him this season? And, and did he nick up that same uh, injury? Uh, no, no, he's totally healthy doing well. Um, he's, he's been, he's been one of our few guys. I would say that we didn't rep him another day in the scrimmage. He's had a million reps here, but he's been one of our few guys. I think that went through spring and the entire camp without missing anything. So he's, uh, he's gotten, he's got a lot of reps, you know, he's, he's really battled. I mean, I, he really worked hard to both physically and mentally to get past the injury. You could tell in spring that he was heading in a great direction, but was still physically not quite himself yet, not quite the same burst and juice and explosion that he has. Um, but he's, he's done a great job. He's really, you could tell he really worked hard uh, in the off season. Uh, he had a great summer, came back in as good a shape as he's been in a long time. You know, he's out of the knee brace now. I mean, his explosion, his top end, uh, you know, his acceleration off the line is really, is, is back and uh, he's playing at a high level for us. So he's had a tremendous camp. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that he, you know, he wants it so bad that he's one of those guys that he's got to just, just continue to just, you know, got to be patient with it. He's going to get his opportunities will come and he's had to learn some of that patience, you know, just going through this knee injury because it, it, it tested him a lot. I mean, because he, He's one of the guys, he has such a passion for playing the game and making plays and being out there with his teammates that when he can, it just, and you love it as a coach, it just guts him. I mean, it just kills the guy. But, you know, at the same time, you've got to learn the patience and build, and I think he's becoming a more, a more mature player right now. So I've been really impressed. He's had, a, he's had a fantastic camp, and, you know, he's going to get a lot of opportunities to make plays. Thanks for hanging out with us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll preview the wide receivers with Dennis Simmons and the cornerbacks this week with Roy Manning right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great week, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. 
This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.